Good evening, everybody. It is fantastic to see you all. Um, this is a special place. Um, I can't, I can't uh, help even a cold, heartless university administrator like me get a little teary-eyed when I come into this space. As I remember, I think it's right over there under that floor is where our family wrote our prayers when this building was being built to do those sort of things, which is extra special for me because uh, my attendance at Wednesday night has not been good recently, but I've been joining right over there, and I see it from that spot of that camera that Journey sends over to us. Sometimes I'm able to join live, and Journey brings in my comments from there, and sometimes I have to catch it later, but thank you all for coming and, and spending this time together. For those that I haven't had a chance to meet, even though I know the room was filled with friends I've known for a while. Some of you have been my son's Sunday school teachers. Some of you have been my own teachers in there, and I appreciate the impact that you've had in, in my family's life. But um, my name is Brian Myers, and my wife, Margaret, is actually still in the education building. She's doing Sony's workout class. Uh, so you know what she chose to do uh, over there. And our two boys, which I used to call the Myers Mafia, um, when they were little, they walked in. Uh, Tim is now 22 and is farming full-time in Illinois with my dad. Uh, my dad still farms full-time. I always tell people, this is what happens when kids have kids, stay in school. Um, and our youngest son is 16 and is a baseball player uh, doing that. So they are, they are fantastic, and this church is a very important part of their lives. So um, we're going to talk about full of joy. And I'm going to, as, as I shared, I, I work at the university. I'm a, a professor of agricultural education, chair of the Department of Ag Education and Communication, but I'm an, old, I'm an old high school ag teacher. And I want to just talk tonight. I want to talk through the scripture. So if you would, just, just join me in a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to walk through this, this scripture together. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this place. Fill these words with your meaning and plant them in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One thing about being a good ag teacher is that you never come up with your own new ideas. You steal everybody else's good ones. So I'm going to steal Marissa's great way that she leads us every week. And I ask for you to hear this scripture and then share with me what jumps out to you. Um, because I did not turn in my homework on time, he was unable to put the, script, the version that I'm going to read. So bear with me. I think the NRSV is in there. I'm going to read the CEB. Because I think there's a couple of things in that translation that I want to go, but you can follow along there. But, but hear these words. We're Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. Um, this is, again, this is Paul writing from prison. Some of you know that Paul and I have a, uh, a um, difficult relationship. It's complicated. Paul and I don't get along, I mean, but, but the, the dangest thing is, as Paul and I are wrestling through the scripture, 
I find out that Paul is usually right, and my ego gets in the way. So hear these words of Paul to the Philippian church. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray. It is always a prayer full of joy. I am glad because of the way you have been my partners in ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed until now. I am sure of this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete it, the job by the day of Jesus Christ. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you, with the compassion of Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, that your love might become more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters. And so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. And I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes from Jesus Christ in order to give glory and praise to God. What jumped out at you, those words of Paul, to all of us today? All of you. And... And here's the thing we can talk about Paul. Paul must have been from the south. Because if you go and you look at this, when he says all and he says you, he really means y'all. This is not a this is not an all or a you as in you and you and you. Paul's talking about all y'all. And I think we need to we need to read that because sometimes when we read this, we think you, and it's great that we take the scripture in for ourselves and what is he saying to us but jamie thinks this is a this is a communal letter he's not writing this to one of us he's writing this to all of us and what does that mean for us to be in community so every time when you read the word you from paul especially but a lot of other places in the bible read read y'all what else you get To help determine what really matters. Who's got that figured out? Raise your hand, come on up. Yeah. But, but the interesting thing, and thanks for when you talk about that, we talked about what really matters in determining these things. What, comes, what did he talk about is helping us determine that. It's going to be an ongoing, an ongoing challenge that we have. But the good thing is, what does he say? We don't have to figure that out by ourselves. We're filled with the love of Christ Jesus. And, goes back to what Jamie talked about, we got all y'all to help us as we do those things. Thank you. What else jumps out, out to us here in this passage? 
prayer. And this may be another reason why Paul and I don't always get along in this, because he talks a lot about prayer here. And, it was, and I'm going to tell you, that's a hard one for me. Last week, I think it was, I saw a great morning devotional talking about Protestant prayer beads. I highly recommend it. That's called pandering to the jury right there. Uh, check it out. Prayer. Does anybody else struggle with prayer? And this has been a frustration that of, of throughout my life. But one thing, for those of us that I, I, I share this with you, is look at this section of Philippians. And it gave me a good structure of how I can get started in prayer to God. How does Paul start this section to the Philippians? And how can we use this as a model? Well, the first part is, I thank my God. The interesting thing that I learned as I was preparing for this is, this is one of the few times that Paul actually uses the phrase, my God. He talks about God a lot, because that's what you should do in the Bible, right? But this is one of the few times he says, my God. That intimate, personal relationship that Paul has with, with the Lord, with God. And that's the model that, I try, that I'm trying to learn from him. That we can learn together to see God as that intimate partner. To have that conversation. That is not something out there. It's that personal relationship he, he wants with me. But also goes back to helping me make those decisions about what really matters. And then he says, I'm thankful for all of you. How would the Philippians feel as they heard that? Now, Philippi was a nice place, but it was not all sunshine and lollipops and rainbows and unicorns here at the Philippian church. It was a tough time. And Paul was important to that group. And to get this letter to say that I am thankful for all of you every time I pray. This past weekend, I was able to travel to beautiful Oklahoma City. Sorry for anybody from the Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce. Um, it's really windy and flat out there. But I was there for a research conference. Um, and so this is, is basically where nerds unite and where name tags. And we were getting together with former graduate students of mine, my mentors, my colleagues, my friends. And, and we, I'm in a fairly small profession, and we all really like each other. And as I was thinking through this over the weekend, I kind of thought about that group. I am thankful for what they have done to me personally and professionally and all the time. But do I tell them? Do I share with them the impact that they have made? Do I stop and pause to think about some of them might be thankful for me? And it's the little things that we do in our lives. It's that, that phone call that we make. It's that card that we get that makes 
that real difference. I want to land on, in there he says, and I pray, and it is always a prayer full of joy. A few weeks ago, Time Magazine had a double issue, and part of it was on the pursuit of happiness. And shared about what, what does that take and what do people need to, to do the pursuit of happiness. And we talk about joy. The thing that struck me is the wisdom from the experts of this idea of happiness, the pursuit of happiness, really falls right along with what Paul's telling us here in this passage. Because we talk about the fact that we need to acknowledge that, that life is hard. There are tough times. And it is not always going to be enjoyable but we're called to be filled with joy even in those times because we know that our joy comes from the Lord. Some of the aspects that the, the uh, magazine, the folks from Time told us was that the experts who talk about trying to, to get the sense of happiness, when a sense of control and autonomy over one's life, being guided by meaning and purpose, and connecting with others. When they talk about individual practices that can lead us and help us in finding this joy, the experts come out and tell us prayer and meditation. And y'all, I hate to make this about me, but that, that really rocked my world this week as I was thinking through that. That prayer, something that I struggle with, prayer that I'm always trying to make it this thing that I've got to get right. It's like, why can't I do this? Prayer is a sense of joy, and I need to approach it as filling me with joy. Second thing it talks about, spending time with others you care about. One of the quotes was, a general sense of respect and belonging in a community. Paul was writing to the Philippian church. He's writing to all y'all. And the other thing they said to help spark happiness is giving. Giving of our time, giving of our money, giving of our service. That people that focus with altruism are much, are much happier typically than those that are not. As I was thinking about this, that reminded me of something else I had read before. Our vows that we take in the United Methodist Church during membership and baptism where it says, United Methodists vow to faithfully participate in the church ministries by their prayers, their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness. So not only is that a vow of obligation or a vow we commit to, it's a vow to joy. It's a, it's a vow to the fruits of righteousness, of love, peace, and joy. And so my, my, my request of you all as we leave tonight is to be thinking about when you think of others, does it fill you with joy? When others think of you, does it fill them with joy? And how can you see your time of prayer 
and of coming together in community as a time for joy. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we can come and spend some time in your word today. We ask that you help us see in the times that we struggle, the times that are hard, but also the good times, that we see that you are here and fill us with joy. We ask that you give us the patience with ourselves and the persistence for ourselves and the resilience in ourselves to do the hard things, to do the things that we know to help build that closer relationship with you and those that you've put together around each of us in your church here at Trinity. In Christ's name, amen.